Hi guys, welcome to Share Your Story Podcast. My name remains Myra. It's been a while, but welcome. Today we'll be talking about fear-mongering. The truth is, as I was preparing for today's episode, I knew that I was supposed to talk about fear, but immediately I tried scribbling what to talk about. I heard the Holy Spirit say fear-mongering. And then I've always heard this like word before, but I never really understood, you know, it was just those common words that you hear. It forms part of your vocabulary, but you don't really know the meaning. And I checked the dictionary and behold, it captures everything we'll be talking about today. So fear-mongering is the action of intentionally trying to make people afraid of something when this is not necessary or reasonable. So when a person or something makes you afraid about a thing that is not necessary and you're not supposed to be afraid of, that's fear-mongering. What does the Bible say about fear? Let's check out 1 John 4.18. 1 John 4.18 says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This is one of my favorite scriptures because whenever I'm tempted to be afraid and I, you know, have this nanosecond to decide whether to be afraid or not to be afraid i try to remember this scripture and when i do i tell myself i have the love of god in me perfect love cast out fear i cannot be afraid you know because the bible says if you're afraid it means you don't have the love of god in you it means love has not been perfected in you and i want love to be perfected in me because the bible says fear and love they can't dwell together so I won't be afraid. I choose not to be afraid. I choose not to be afraid. <laughs> I remember a couple of days ago, I was having a conversation with my friend and we we're talking about fear. I was being very vulnerable with my friend and then I told her that I'd been dealing with fear for the last couple of weeks and that I used to have the fear of of marriage so what i told her was i've been dealing with fear like for the last couple of weeks and thinking about it it was like the fear i was dealing with was not so basically what i'm trying to say is when I, like, when I was having a conversation with my friend, I told her that I used to be afraid of marriage and I used to be afraid of it to the point where I decided that I wasn't going to get married and I didn't feel condemned about it because after all, the Bible says not everybody will get married. But what was my, like, my intention of not getting married was, you know, was not biblical, it's not faith-based. So that even cancels it already. So I didn't feel condemned about that decision because, you know, I didn't. I just felt like, oh, 
well the bible supports it but then the holy spirit dealt with me you know dealt dealt with that fear actually and it was a very um pleasant and unpleasant situation unpleasant because it involved a lot of breaking and tearing you know i had like i had to because that fear formed part of me i didn't realize that i'd been carrying that fear for like close to two to three years so it was already like a part of me so imagine you know peeling your skin and like taking a part of you out you knew that pain so it felt like that so that 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 would be the unpleasant experience but the pleasant experience was having to see fear for what it truly was and what does fear do fear cripples you it doesn't allow you to make a decision it doesn't allow you to 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 do anything really you're just paralyzed and the bible says this in um daniel when he was talking about the son of nebuchadnezzar when he became king the bible says that when you saw the hand writing on the wall you just saw the hand and the hand was writing on the wall and then he said he became afraid and immediately he was crippled like the fear crippled him so he couldn't do anything he couldn't do anything at all so today we will be looking at ezekiah i want us to look at ezekiah the story of ezekiah and how ezekiah dealt with fear I don't just want to come and tell us to don't be afraid because truly the bible has said this so many times that we shouldn't be afraid and sometimes sometimes the simplest words make the largest impact and sometimes a simple sentence does not really help except where you like go through the life of somebody like when you experience somebody's life with them and then you're able to by yourself take out the lesson in that person's life which is don't be afraid i hope that makes sense (laughs) okay so we'll be looking up at ezekiah a background story ezekiah became king of judah during the period where judah was in exile and it was under the captivity of the king of Assyria. Wow, I pronounced that well. Praise the Lord! Yeah, king of Assyria. Okay, so the first verse we'll be looking at is 2 Kings 18 verse 19. And I'll be reading from the HSCB version. Then the royal spokesman said to them, tell Hezekiah this is what the great king the king of Assyria says what are you relying on what are you relying on Hmm. Tony says you think your mere words are strategy and strength for war why are you not relying on so that you have rebelled against me so a background story verse 19 to 20 is talking about king assyria's um, king of assyria's spokesman who went to deliver a message to hezekiah telling him what the king has said the king um wanted judah to 
remain captive, remain under his um, under his captive, right? Under his control, basically. And it was telling Ezekiah that what are you relying on? You don't want to be under my control. What what gives you that power not to be under my control? So basically, this is the king instilling fear in Ezekiah. In verse 28, we see that the spokesman again has gone to um, gone to meet Ezekiah, but this time I'm going to meet the people. And he said, this is what the, the king has, say, has said. Don't let Ezekiah deceive you. He can't rescue you from my power. Don't let Ezekiah persuade you to rely on the Lord by saying, certainly the Lord will rescue us. This city will not be handed over to the king of Assyria. So from this scripture, we can pick out what fear does. Fear doesn't let you rely on what God has said. Because according to this verse, the royal spokesman went to meet the people and told them that they should not rely on what Ezekiah said or that he cannot rescue them and that they should not even believe, believe in God because even God can rescue them from the power of the king of Assyria. So fear doesn't let you believe in God. Fear attacks your faith. That's lesson one. Let's go to 2 Kings 19.1 and see what Ezekiah did. So to the end of... Um, I'm going to just summarize. To the end of um, 2 Kings 18, the messengers delivered what the royal spokesman the message of the royal spokesman to Ezekiah. So they told Ezekiah everything that the royal spokesman has said. And chapter 19 talks about Ezekiah's reaction and what it does next. So in 19 verse 1, we see that Ezekiah, after hearing their report, he tore his coat, he covered himself with sackcloth, and then he went into the Lord's temple. He said to them, he said to them he said to them and he said to them and at this time they were already wearing their sackcloth that they should go to meet prophet Isaiah and report everything to prophet Isaiah so verse 1 the king hears the report tears his coat wears a sackcloth and then goes into the temple of God what does this say so at the time in Israel when kings tear their coat it means they usually call it rending in other um, versions and it's just a sign of um a, a sign of mourning like the genesis the beginning of mourning so when they rend their clothes it's like they're sad they're glooming it's, it's a period where there's no celebration because the because they're in a state of mourning and they can be mourning for different reasons and then he wears sackcloth. So when they wear sackcloth, it's another sign of mourning, fasting. They're setting themselves apart. They're seeking the Lord's face. They're not in a season of rejoicing or feasting. And then the third thing is it goes to the Lord's temple, which is where I would like us to dwell on. Ezekiah goes to the Lord's temple. In our case, the Bible makes us understand that we are the temple of God. Our bodies are the temple of God. So we don't necessarily have to go to a physical temple. But 
we can also go we can go to a place where we set ourselves apart and which is which is called the secret place the bible tells us in in the gospels when jesus was explaining prayer he says don't pray in the public space so that everybody can hear you he says go to your room shut the door and pray in the secret so just like ezekiah when we're faced with fear the first thing we should do is surrender to god because that's what ezekiah did by tearing his clothes and by putting on sackcloth surrender to god and go to the secret place and pray and pray we don't wrestle against flesh and blood you can't have conversations you know you can't think this thing through you can't um contemplate whether to be afraid or not to be afraid the easiest way for you not to be afraid is prayers amen prayers so let's go to verse 5 to 7 so in verse 5 we see that ezekiah um the servant of ezekiah met with isaiah and then they told him everything that happened and then ezekiah says this is what the lord has said don't be afraid don't be afraid because of the words you have heard with which the king of Assyria's attendants have blasphemed me i am about to put a spirit in him and he will hear a rumor and return to his land where i will cause him to fall by the sword amen the first thing the lord is telling us is don't be afraid i read somewhere that the amount of times the bible records don't be afraid is like over 100 times it just shows us that fear is something we're constantly you know having to deal with and then god already made provision for it don't be afraid joshua 1 um 7 to 9 talks about don't be discouraged don't be afraid so my people don't be afraid i feel like that's somebody's word don't be afraid don't be afraid about that situation don't be afraid about the result don't be afraid about anything getting an unpleasant reaction don't be afraid amen so we see that the lord says don't be afraid and what does the king say about it what does ezekiah say about it because the attendant after hearing this word they went back to the king to of course repeat what the lord has said and then verse 9 says when the king has heard um what the people have said let's just go to verse 10 and it says okay yeah so even that let's go back to verse 8 sorry so the the king's servants reported everything that they said and guess what happened next king of assyria sends his um, servant again i hope i'm not mixing this verse 8 talks about ezekiah so when king ezekiah has gotten the report from his servant verse 9 talks about the king of assyria which is his enemy sends his servant again and this is what the servant says in verse 10 he says say to king ezekiah of judah don't let your god on whom you rely deceive you by promising that jerusalem will not be handed over to the king of assyria look you have heard what the kings of assyria 
have done to all the countries. They have completely destroyed them. Will you be rescued? It's interesting that immediately after Ezekiah hears the report of the Lord, his enemy sends his servant again to tell them not to believe what the Lord has said expressly. It says, don't let your God on whom you rely deceive you. So even the enemy recognizes that we trust God and he's attacking our faith, our trust in God. He says, don't, don't trust God because he can't save you. You've seen, you've seen what I have done. And that, another thing the enemy does. So the first thing we've established is two things actually. First one is that fear attacks your faith. Second one is when fear, when fear does that, the first thing you should do is to surrender yourself to God and pray. The third one is beware of the strategy of the enemy because after you pray and God has given you a word or even after you prayed and you've had your peace, the enemy comes again to test you and to tell you in clear terms that don't trust God. Don't trust God. And the fourth thing the enemy does again is is that it comes with receipts. It shows you why you shouldn't trust God. For example, in verse 11, it says that, look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries. They have completely destroyed them. So basically, the enemy will come giving you examples why you should not trust God, giving you reasons why you should be afraid of him, telling you instances where he has done something, when he has done something, when he has done something. Boy, he lies. Because those instances when he has done something, he, he did it to people who were not children of God. He did it to people who were not children of God. Because verse 11 talks about the king of Assyria destroying countries. Quite alright, but those countries are different from Israel. You, the, the enemy dealing with other people is different from them, is different from you. Like those people are different from you. You are a child of God it sets you it matters yes it matters yes it sets you apart from other people definitely it does so the enemy comes with receipts but the fifth point is fear not because the receipts don't apply to you those precedents those examples they don't apply to you because you are a child of god amen so verse 14 after the king of Assyria's servant said all of this. Watch Ezekiah's reaction. 14 says, Ezekiah took the letter from the messenger's hands, read it, and then went to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. 15. Then Ezekiah prayed before the Lord. Amen. This is Ezekiah's reaction. Ezekiah was a king. It wasn't just a mere man. He was a king. And if Ezekiah can pray this much, trust me, you can also pray. You can also pray. So, after hearing King Assyria's servant report, again, Ezekiah prayed. I believe that Ezekiah was a man of prayer and he understood the power of praying. And it just goes to show, show again that prayer is the solution to fear. Pray about it. Pray about it. Commit your heart to God. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, it says that 
guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life out of it flows the issues of life so pray pray about it pray about it don't forget pray whenever we're faced with any situation that seems like a mountain that seems that like it's beyond us just like ezekiah pray pray amen verse 19 now this is part of ezekiah's prayer it says now lord our god please save us from his power so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you lord our god you're alone pray it still goes to praying and sometimes we don't know what to pray about because even the bible tells us in james 4 that we don't know what to pray and so we don't get what we should get we don't get the answers to our prayers so this is an example of what to pray for whenever we're faced with fear verse 19 lord please save us god save me god save me from this situation save me from the power of the enemy save me from this person you know it is a situation that is making you afraid lord save me from this situation call it by its name just like ezekiah called it by its name he gave a vivid description of what he needed saving from from the power of his enemy so this is one way to pray and aside from praying like now you know how to pray you know what to pray about then 20 in verse 20 In verse 20, Ezekiah heard from God, and this was God's response to him after he had prayed. The Lord said, I have heard your prayer to me about the king of Assyria. So be rest assured, this is the confidence that we have, that whenever we pray in his name, we get answers to our prayers. He answers us. Amen. He answers us. Verse 20 says, the Lord heard the prayers of Ezekiah. So don't be afraid. Don't believe that you're praying to thin air. Don't believe that your prayers do not go past the roofing of your house or the ceiling in your room. Pray and trust that just like the Lord answered Ezekiah, the Lord will also answer you. Amen. The Lord will also answer you. So from verse 21 to, to 33, is a series like the summary of it is the lord answering ezekiah's prayer and the lord giving him a vivid description of what he's going to do so 34 says this is the lord speaking i will defend this city and rescue it for my sake and for the sake of my servant david so this is a promise for you you were afraid the lord says i will defend you he says i will rescue you because of his namesake not because of anything you've done but because of his own sake amen because of his own sake the lord is going to rescue you he's going to defend you he's going to save you so be rest assured and if you're ever like in doubt take this scripture before god and open it just like the bible said that ezekiah opened the letter in the presence of god show god say god this is what you have said you said you would defend me you said you will rescue me for your namesake and I stand on this word. I trust you, Lord, because this is what your word has said. Amen. 35 says, finally, that night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck out 100, 
85,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. When the people got up the next morning, they were all the dead bodies. Imagine, I don't even want you to imagine because I wouldn't imagine waking up to such a scenario. Ew, God forbid. God forbid. I rejected in Jesus' name. Amen. But look at this. The Bible says the next, like, that night, it didn't fail. That night, the Lord delivered the Israelites from the hands of their Savior. And I pray right now that this night, this very moment, this night, the Lord will send his angel to deliver you from the hands of every Assyrian in your life. In Jesus' name, I pray that he takes away, cast out fear, and he replaces his faith, he strengthens his faith in your life, and that his, his love is made perfect because love and fear do not dwell together. Love and fear do not dwell together. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope you have been blessed. I know this is quite lengthy, but trust me, the Lord is set to deliver someone. Just as he has delivered me, he's set to deliver you. And I pray once again that fear has no place in your life. Because the Bible says that we're not slaves whereby we should be afraid, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Father, Abba, Father. So right now you cry Father and you have the spirit of power, you have the spirit of love, and you have the spirit of a sound mind. In Jesus' name, Amen. I hope you've been blessed again and talk soon. Bye guys.